Welcome to Nerds Their Own Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And on this episode, we are launching Spielberg Month. Yes. Yes. 1975 Jaws. Summer Blockbuster. The original Summer Blockbuster. Yep. Yes. From the greatest year in history, 1975. Mm, what else did that year bring us? <laughs> Me. Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, let's go ahead and keep it 100. It's time to keep it 100. 100. 100. 100. All right, gentlemen. I am leading off. I've got my timer up and ready, and I am starting. Um, you know, much like the antagonist in Harry Potter, he who shall not be named... We now have a year that shall not be named again, right? But as difficult as it was, there's some good things that came out of lockdown. And my keeping it 100 is Doctor Who Adventures in Lockdown, which was a collection of short stories by a number of writers of the modern Who era. Uh, The catch, obviously, was... Each of these stories was written during quarantine. So it was kind of neat. So you had uh, stories from showrunners, uh, past and present, Russell T. Davies, Stephen Moffat, uh, Chris Chibnall for right now, uh, as well as different authors. Um, it was even better. Proceeds from the book were donated to BBC's Children in Need charity. So that was pretty cool. Um, I haven't had a Doctor Who submission in a while for my Keeping It 100. Uh, so I got a chance to read this book. It was a perfect choice. So check it out. Doctor Who Adventures in Lockdown. I'm so interested over the next year or so to see what people, uh, you know, these creatives have come up with being in lockdown, Mm -hmm. kind of left to their own devices, essentially. Um, you know, because a lot of them really didn't have projects to work on, yeah. So, you know, they're 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 you know, invading their own creativity and putting it on paper. Um, you know, I listened to an interview today with a, with an artist, and she said, you know, this year I had to examine what my life was like without being on tour. You know, I've lived my entire life on the road. And, you know, it, it, you know they recorded a, a much, a very different album than what they, they normally would have. She said she said yes to a lot of, um, you know, online content, you know, just being right. able to pass back and forth files of stuff that she said she would never have had a chance to do. So I'm so curious. That That's very interesting, you know, yeah. that, that uh, pick, you know, a year uh, that shall not be mentioned. <laughs> yeah, what, what these creatives are coming up with. Well, I, I'm, I'm expecting a glut of things um, mm-hmm. in comic book wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they work alone. It's not much different for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because their company's on to put their pencils down, they could work on whatever they wanted to. Exactly. So I'm betting there's going to be a lot of in- interesting independent stuff. I think so, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm up next. Okay, so right now online, there is a fan initiative to get Disney to reboot Firefly. Um, and so I've been reading a comic book series that is the way, I think, to fulfill that wish. There's a series called right now called Firefly colon Brand New Verse. And it's set about 20 years after the movie, maybe less than that. And Wash and Zoe's kid is piloting the Serenity. Oh. And Tear. yeah, Zoe's still in the picture. She lets her daughter be the captain, but it's clearly clear that she's letting her daughter be the captain. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a whole new crew, but it's still the Serenity. Zoe's still in the picture. 
and we've got a whole new crew. And so we don't have to bring everybody back, but there's already, they've, on, they've made some detours and we've seen some of the old crew. And it would be a way to have a new Firefly show to revisit that world and occasionally have Nathan Fillion drop by or have you know Simon and River be on the show. Yeah. Have one episode where they go run into what whatever Jane Cobb is up to. <laughs> you know? So it's so it's a great comic book series in, in and of itself, but I think it's also the way to get Firefly back. And I think it would be a good fit for Disney Plus for the shows they're making now. So I'm both <laughs> pitching something for the future for Disney Plus, but I'm also recommending a very good comic book series, Firefly Brand New Verse. Sweet. Nelson off on that. Definitely, oh, yeah. definitely. Could always use some more Firefly in her life. Well, I'm up next. I was hoping to review Andy Weir's Artemis, but I returned it and borrowed <clears throat> As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from The Making of a Princess Bride. I know Jamie reviewed <laughs> this on his Keeping on 100 a, a, a while back. Uh, and it was kind of the reason that I that I caught it. It was, it was up it was up there on my list. And I was like, you know, let's just take the dive on this. A, a, a really short listen, uh, just just under eight hours. But man, what great storytellers you have! You know, Carrie Ellis doing the narration, and you still have Billy Crystal, uh, Mandy Patinkin, uh, you know, Rob Reiner. A, a lot of the cast uh, coming back on there. I think everybody. Uh, except for Peter Falk, who had died, Fred Savage, and Michael Guest, who were busy. Um, everybody else was was there telling the story. And it's so great how much they loved this story and how much it meant to them and how much, you know, Carrie Elvis was that dashing prince, you know, how much they were all just head over heels in love with, with Robin Wright and, uh, you know, how that sword fight was the best ever filmed so that's going to be my recommendation. As you wish, uh, inconceivable tales from the making of a princess bride, narrated by Carrie Ellis and a good deal of the staff. And I know where my next audible credit is going. I believe it's going to be going toward the book of Princess Bride. Mm. Yeah. So you didn't dig Artemis? No, I did not. Huh. I don't know if it was the narration, uh, the 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 pacing, uh, just I, I just uh, I gave it a, a listen over a couple of days and just could not get into the story and just was really not digging it. So I s- decided to take the the dive and, and cut the cord, huh. and, mm. and 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 you know make a U turn go another direction. Well, life is short. I've I've, got, I've I've gotten much better about quitting things I'm not enjoying. Yes, you know, I'm I'm giving up being the you know the nerdy yeah. completist guy. <laughs> so I, I I don't understand why you didn't like Artemis, but if you're not digging it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for play, some play. for some reason, it just wasn't doing it for me. Um, you know, and and I knew it was a different story than the Martian. I love the Martian. I knew it was a different story. I was prepared. I've listened to interviews with him talking about <laughs> Artemis. I would have you thought know, it and, was and right up I, your alley. Well, see, and that was me. I'm, I yeah. couldn't wait to get to it. I was, you know, I I dove this right smack in the middle of my Sherlock Holmes listening. You know, all these you know forty podcasts that have piled back up since Apple done their update. You know, <laughs> piled right back up in there. And I'm like, okay, you know, this, this is going to be cool. I, I, I like Rosario Dawson. I like Andy Weir. I like the premise. It seems really cool. You know, this, 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 on the moon, this whole civilization there. But it just what just didn't, just didn't cut it for me. I don't know what it was. Hmm. Just something in that story didn't jive with me. I don't, hmm. I don't know. And I, and I can't put my finger on it. 
But, uh, you know, when it, when it wasn't jiving with me at some point, I just said, okay, let's cut this cord and, and, and go a different route. That so really, uh, thankfully, got, Audible will give you, yeah. you know, a, a time to, to return, you know, and, and, and change your mind. So that was in that limit. So that is real. I mean, out of my entire friend, friend group, I would have guessed the person with like Artemis most would have been you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to, sorry to disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just it's just really surprising, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's time to get back to Jaws. Um, not back in the water, but back to Jaws. Don't and <laughs> it's time for our opening thoughts and grades. And I am first out of the gate, and I'm not going to give a lot of preamble. Uh, this is an A plus. It's a yeah. it's just a great movie. I mean. I, I, it's it's so good. That, I mean, it's hard to even like fit it into categories. Like everything just works. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's just a modern classic. It really mm-hmm. is. I mean, I, we're stretching. It's just classic now. It's not really modern. <laughs> but like, I mean, it birthed the modern blockbuster. It's the it's the sort of the like the like the paradigm for what an action movie, like a, a, you know, a big budget action movie is supposed to do. Like if you want one to work, you want it to work like Jaws works. Mm. And it just works on so many levels. Like it, it really sucks you in emotionally. The The plot is well assembled. The action is exciting. And even like this many years later, it's, I mean, there's no like big glaring, like, yeah, this was made a long time ago. Um, it just works. Uh, it's an A plus. Yeah. Um, I am exactly in line with that A plus across the board. Uh, like you said, summer blockbuster. This was the the blueprint. Steven Spielberg checked all the boxes. He got all the character beats, all the suspense, all the hilarity, all the lightheartedness, all goofiness. Even you know some of the characters in here. It works. Uh, I, I can't think of another way to phrase it. You know this this movie. It. it brings you on the edge of your seat when you're on when when it needs to it you know punches you in the gut when when you when you don't feel like you can take another punch um you know it's suspenseful it's action it's adventure it's it's the summer blockbuster it's tense Mm -hmm. yeah tense is a great word yep well you know i think part of what it is is this movie transcends category like you said, it, it's action, it's suspense, it's a little horror, it's drama, it's everything to me that a good movie should be. It's the Prince of Shark. Yeah, the Prince <laughs> of Shark. Here we go. <laughs> As you wish. <laughs> um, but yeah, you. I mean, and, and yeah, sure. I mean, some people could complain about an animatronic shark, but. The, there's just still a beauty in this movie that works so well. Mm-hmm. This once more, Jaws shows us why Steven Spielberg is such an amazing creator. You know, he, he does, he's not batting a thousand, but but he's got a high average. Okay, I mean, he really does. So, guys, we're three for three. This is an A plus movie. Yeah, but you know, for, for the output he's got. For the batting average that he's got, it's pretty amazing. Because mm-hmm. yeah. most directors don't work as much as he does. Yeah. And, you know, and one of his supposed biggest flops is John Belushi in you know, 1941. <laughs> I mean, it, it, could you consider that a flop and you putting John Belushi to work? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would still say like that a, a bad Spielberg movie, or a bad, you know, scary quotes. Quote, unquote, yeah. Um, I, it's still better than most people's movies. Mm. You know, and there's still like, 
artistry about it to admire. Right. And so, I mean, I don't know. Well, one thing I know this movie did need, especially on Quinn's boat, was maybe <laughs> some fans to get that stank up out of there. Let's go get our fans, guys. Alrighty, I'm leading off in our fan section. If anybody is surprised by my fan, just raise your hand. John Williams score. I mean, how, I never would have guessed. Man. How much has this established? Even not not only just his style, but the style of music in movies. You know, um, original music in movies. You know, because you had like 2001: Space Odyssey. You had, you know, it was it was a big blockbuster ish kind of movie. It was a big hairy deal, but but you had like already composed and non classical music. You know, I think previous to this, probably the most iconic music was uh, you know the Sergio Giacchini uh, spaghetti western. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of that kind of stuff. But you know, this music is as much of a character. In this movie, as the shark, as Quinn, as Hooper, as uh, Brody, you know, as these kids playing on the beach, you know, it mm-hmm. raises and lowers, and boom, boom, you know, the ominous is there, and the tension ratchets as those French horns, it just brings that to a crescendo, and. As the movie builds and builds and the shark becomes more apparent and then they go after it and they start having their encounters, it gets so intense. And they have some downtime on the boat, but it's still kind of ominous and foreboding there, yeah. I think, too, for, for, for John, like, one of the things that I always associate with John Williams more than any other um, movie composer is the character themes. Mm-hmm. Like we've got the the Superman theme, we've right. got the the Jaws theme, the Indiana Jones. I mean, just he just yeah. the Imperial March. I, I mean, mean, the Imperial March. You know, Harry Potter. Yeah. you have Ray's theme in the new Star Wars yeah. trilogy. You know, and I mean, the, the man's ninety two years old, and he's yeah. like, I'm not letting anybody write Star Wars yeah. music because I want to write Ray's theme. Yeah, I want to com- you know, I want to direct this. Yeah, you know, do it. I had a feeling you were going to go that route. <laughs> And and I'm glad you did because mine kind of piggybacks to that. You know, the idea of that, that those notes, that motif that is truly world known. Everybody knows, you know, when you're, I mean, you're just, you're just waiting for the shark to jump out or somebody Mm -hmm. to jump out. And that was so smart because as Spielberg is pacing this, we get that right at the beginning of the movie. As soon as it's coming on, the camera's going through the seaweed and the coral, and you get that motif. And it, it's that classic way of using a piece of music to herald the character. 
you know, that, that is character things like Jamie was talking about. And, and that was just so smart. The audience from the beginning understands that cue. And I mean, you just, you have to give John Williams that credit. I mean, literally the man wrote the score of my childhood. You know, I mean, that's just, that's it, you know, hands down. As soon as you hear it, Jurassic Park, E.T., you know, any of those, it's just automatically you're back there. And and so th- that was part of my pan my fan also is just how this was put together and how that motif was used. Yeah. Um, I think John Williams helps with mine. I think they go hand in glove. Um, mine is the pacing of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that there is a better paced movie ever. <laughs> I don't know that. Ever, I mean, it's absolutely nailed the raising and lowering of tension, the bringing in humor at just the right moments to lighten things up. Um, and then once we've lined things up, then we can ratchet it up to 11. He does it over and over again. And the, uh, the, I think the, there's two perfect examples of what I'm going to save because I'm going to mention it later. Um, but the, the last scene when they're on the beach, um, they're having their big weekend because you got to you gotta save the summer money. Mm-hmm. And so you go in nervous because you know, right? And everybody knows, like, there's really a shark out there. Yeah. And so everybody's on the beach. You're like, oh, well, I guess it's, we're about to see some stuff. And you're like, you know, but it looks peaceful, right? You see people everywhere on the beach. And then the camera pans out. No one's in the water. Yeah. And so And so it goes from like being like, calm, well, maybe it's going to be okay. Oh, apparently. <laughs> it's and so it, the tension goes up. And then the mayor goes over to his like crony or whatever. It's like, hey, get in the water. I mean, come on. Nobody's going to. So like, and, and they're terrified going out there. And then everybody's in the water. It kind of like lets you relax a little bit. Everybody's out in the water. So, but also, you know, like. Jaws is real. <laughs> we're only relaxing a little. And then you see the fin coming up and it just, you're up to 11. Mm-hmm. And then the kids pop out and you relax. Oh, then like, I, it's in the pond. I mean, it's just the way they would, he could play with the tension. They're raising and lowering yep. it. And then, then I, 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 we all know what I'm going to say later on. We're all going to talk about it. This, the, the scar scene. Yeah. The the way he plays with the tension there and the humor to lighten things up, to get you relaxed, laugh and having a good time. And then, Bam. Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's, it's masterful. I mean, th- this is probably the best paced movie of all time. Yeah. I mean, this is textbook yeah. pacing for what a movie should do, how a movie should proceed to lead the audience through. And honestly, I mean, I, I've had beyond busy week this week. This movie cost me sleep this week. Because I would start, like, because I, I haven't had a block and I'm just saying I'll watch a movie. So I'm like, I'm going to watch 15, 20 minutes. I'm, I've seen Joss. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I probably could have not watched it this week and still reviewed it. It would have been fine. But, you know, so I was like, I'll watch 15, 20 minutes before I go to bed. Never got less than, like, 30 minutes. Right. And I was going to, I think we, I finished it Wednesday night. I was like, I've, I was I was dead tired. I'm like, I just, I've got to watch a few minutes. I've got I've got to get some in. I finished it. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop, yeah. And and it's beyond passing the phone test. I forget phones exist. Because yeah. this movie just keeps it grabs you and doesn't let you go. Mm-hmm. Especially during that act too. During that during that, you know, second and final yeah. act. Yeah. When when they're going out to, you know, confront the shark. Yeah. I, I think I think for for me, from the, the point that it won't let me go is when they think when they've got the when they've got the the shark hanging the and they shark. and everybody's happy like oh we've got him right and from the point Richard Dreyfuss can from the point that Richard Dreyfuss convinces Brody that's not the shark you're done you're just watching the rest of the movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's no relaxing after that you're going to watch <laughs> well i'll tell you what we need to do 
We need to not go to the galley in Quinn's boat and get a pan. But we do need to get some pans to finish this movie out. Okay. Well, one thing you're getting on that boat is tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> tetanus and calluses. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I'm glad I'm leading this off because, very honestly, I've got no pain for this movie. I mean, I watched it. I, you know, every time we watch one of these, especially these movies that that I feel is A plus caliber, I see it and I'm like, okay. Where can I get a pan? What can I pull out? Yeah. What little tidbit can I nitpick? There's nothing here. I mean, there's not. Yeah, I mean, it's 70s hairstyles, but that's the 70s. You know, yeah, it's an animatronic shark. So what? It still works. It works. You know, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It, it's just this. I don't know. It's it's just an amazing piece of film. I've got nothing, gentlemen. <laughs> so sorry. Same. I got nothing. I literally wrote three words down. I got nothing. I mean, yeah. this. I mean, I, I mean, I've said on the show before. I don't believe there are perfect movies. This is as close as we get. I mean, whatever imperfections or flaws there are, I can't see them. Right. Yeah. That's that's really me. I don't have a lot. I did, you know, maybe pick a little nit, you know, just to say the effects, you know, the, the shark effects. But my God, they work. <laughs> I mean, you you can tell it's a big rubber shark. Occasionally. You can, it looks good most it, it of the time. It looks good most yeah. of the time, but you can tell sometimes it's a big rubber shark. But much like the thing, the effects were weird, but man, did they work. You know, this this it just works. I, I think there's there's one moment where you can tell the jaw is not working naturally. Like mm. it's just open and slam and shut too mechanically. Right. Other than that, I think the shark still works. I mean, mm-hmm. I... Yeah. Yeah, yep. I do, yeah, I do, I do too. But you know, sometimes just there was those few times. But yeah. like I said, it, it really works for the most part. So I mean, let's 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 get some awards, guys. Let's just go. On. So here we go. All right, Jamie, you're leading off with the best performance. Okay, I am absolutely doing the divide and conquer method here. Uh, Sammy's Oscar rules. Um, so I'm going to go with Richard Dreyfuss uh, for my performance here. I mean, it, the, the the three main guys are all awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, who whoever you pick, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> I mean, uh, but Dreyfuss really, he, he sells that, um, you know, intellectual, you know, academic guy. But he's also a guy who's who's also you know not afraid to get his hands dirty. Uh, he and Quint have that weird relationship to start off with. By the end, they're buddies. They got their legs slapped over each other, comparing scars, and they're singing along. And and but he just he nails it. And he but he's also like the academic guy who's also got some real heart about him. And he has a, a few little moments where you can tell he really cares about people. Um, and he just he just, I mean who's I mean not a shocker. Richard Dreyfuss is a great actor. I'm not yeah. saying anything mind blowing here. But he's, he's really great in this movie. And, and as far as my, my memory goes, this is the earliest performance of his that I remember seeing and really like, like yeah, this guy really got chops. Right. So. Yeah, I was surprised how young he was in this yeah. in this movie. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of doing what you're doing. I'm doing the divide and conquer thing. But I'm giving best performance to Robert Shaw 
as Quinn. Just this crazy seaman singing his crazy shanties, <laughs> going around on the boat, smashing the rodeo when they need it most, <laughs> you know, telling his stories, you know, giving Brody a hard time, uh, giving, um, you know, giving uh, Hooper a hard time until he realizes he's actually, you know, got some got some sea legs under him. Uh, but yeah, I loved, you know, from the moment he's, you know, stands up during the meeting, Ten thousand dollars for the shark, you know. I'll, I'll I'll get him for you, you know. And then he storms out. And then when they do go to get him, he's like, I "Told you he'd be back." You just reminded me of my actual pen. I can't stand the nails on the chalkboard. Oh gosh! I, I cover yes. both my ears and look away <laughs> when he's doing that. Yeah. But, we're, but you know what? That might be a fan. Actually, I think that's what that's the reaction we're supposed to have. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, so. um you know, here here's the thing, and, and I'm going to go with Jamie on this with best performance. I'm going Richard Dreyfus, and here's the deal: if you put a nerdy character in the movie, I'm immediately drawn to that character. <laughs> that is the character I empathize with. That is the character I connect to. Uh, so, from the glasses and both the scientific experience, the humor that he has, I was just automatically just completely connected to Matt Hooper. Uh, and I think sometimes even more now at, at the age I am now than maybe when I was younger, you know, I didn't pick up on characters the way I used to, or, you know, now I do, I guess more in depth or whatnot, but, um, yeah, I'm, I've got to go with, with Dreyfus. I mean, automatically, like I said, I was connected. I'm like, yeah, I like this guy. Yeah. I know this guy, you know? And, and what's, what's great about his performance and this, this role is that he is the stereotypical nerdy-looking dude. Yeah. He's also a man of action. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets, he gets in and just does stuff, and he's and he's a, a man of courage. I mean, he gets in that cage, and like Quinn's like, he's going to chew through that in a second. He's I like, mean, got a better idea? I mean, come on. Yeah. He, he's the Jaws version of Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I mean, he's got all the toys and the money. I mean, hey, come on. All right, well, next up is best scene. Uh Dwayne, tell me what the right answer is. Well, I, I know what the right answer is, <laughs> but I think I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction because I want to use the right answer for something later. I love their first encounter on the boat with the shark when they're you know when they shoot it with the harpoon with the one barrel. Mm. This is the only time that they think that they're in control from that point on. <laughs> then they realize <laughs> how screwed they really are, you know. Uh, but this is the only time when they think they've got a chance. You know, of really bringing this thing in relatively easy, you know. Just, okay, we're going to go out and get a shark. Boom. Okay, we got a shark. No, we don't. <laughs> I, I love the combination because, like, when, yeah. when, when Quint shoots him that time and he's yeah. smug to the scene later on when he's got him full of barrels and he's yeah. like, you can't take that, and he takes him under. And you can just see Quint like, look yeah. scared oh, for the snap. first time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the yeah. juxtaposition yeah, of those that just, But that first, you know, that first, you know, I guess, battle with the shark, you know, yeah. they're, they're going, I love that action. You know, they're, tie that off, tie that off. And he's worried about getting the transponder on there so he can track him, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, tie that, you, better, you know, watch your hands, you know, and, and they're, you know, and the barrel goes flying over the side. He's like, it'll tire him out. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, you know, and that, that's the thing with this movie. There are so many tense scenes. You know, I mean, you, like you said, I mean, for the probably two thirds of the movie, you're on the edge of your seat waiting to see what will happen next. Um, for my best seat, though, I'd do a little bit of a swerve. 
I love the confrontation between the shark and Hooper in the cage. And what makes it, there's a little bit of humor to it before it gets scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a sneak attack. Hooper's looking forward, sees the shark. Where's the shark? Show up behind him. Yeah. You know, I mean, completely attacking from the rear. And then underneath, yeah. Yeah. And then it's just like mad dog on that cage. And I think that's a moment where. We really aren't sure, is Hooper going to live? Is he going to die in this moment? And, and I don't think any of us would even be, be shocked if he didn't survive this, the severity of that attack on the cage and, and just how, how, I guess, scary it was. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. being in a situation like that. And he's completely justified for going over and hiding in the coral. Oh, yeah. And rocks. To, to get the you know, whatever he dumped in his wetsuit out. Because <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> even if he's just hiding, he's justified. Yeah, yeah. He's not even going to be a hindrance. He's not going to no, slow that shark down for a second. No, no. Minute, yeah. I'm the snack, boys. And and his his courage card's already fully stamped. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting in the yeah. cage with this crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not calling him a coward for a second. No. It's not it never even occurred to me. I mean, I've lo- I've watched a lot of Shark Week and I've seen how those cages work. <laughs> you know, but to see that in this situation. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well Jamie, sounds like you've got I'm gonna a, be a thing that, a thing that I mean, we're all kind of dancing around. It's the scars contest. Yeah. I mean, that whole <laughs> from the from the from the point they're like I mean, and it's just a great thing. It's even that little moment where the where Brody pulls his shirt up and looks. It was clearly it was a bullet wound. Like he's he's seen mm-hmm. some stuff too. Yeah, just yeah. slides it back slides down. Bit, yeah. You know, the whole scene, like the the way we can see Quint and uh, Hooper bonding. Um, that when they they're drunkenly singing the you know Ladies of Spain song to the the when Jaw starts hammering at the at the ship, and we see the cracks in the wood. I mean, it's just masterful. We go from. You know the tension of the relational stuff happening on the boat, the 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 fun of the scars contest, and then we see we get Quint's speech. What happened on the Annapolis? Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. everything. That scene is just it's got it's it's, it's funny. Yeah, it's got everything. It's yeah. just great. I agree. Yeah. yeah, it's got everything. So we've talked about performances. We've talked about scenes. So Sam, why don't you tell us about a character? All right, and this is the reason I did not pick the scar scene because. I wanted my best character to be Quint. You know, Robert Shaw brought this character to us that is so multi-layered. There are echoes of Ahab in him. Mm-hmm. You know, that salty fisherman, the, the abrasive, demeaning to everyone around him. But then as the movie progresses, and especially when you get to that scene with the scars you start to understand him a little bit more. You start to feel for him a little bit more and understand why he is what he is and why he is that way. So, I mean, I just, I really liked Quint. And and to the point, though, when he meets his end, there's an emotional reaction from us as the audience. You know, that fits. It works. Now, if, if Quint from the beginning had died like that, we probably wouldn't have cared a bit. We'd probably, yeah, chum. You know, but 
But because we had that, you know, we talk about this all the time, that emotional arc, that arc of a character. Quint had an arc in this, and that's why his end, his death was was so emotional, I think. And you see, you know, like talking about that arc, what he dealt with and what he's still facing mm-hmm. from the ordeal of the, the USS Indianapolis. And if any of our listeners are not familiar with that, go and Google that story. Read it. Listen to it. Dan Carlin's Hardcore History Addendum has a great episode on it, uh, what these guys went through. Maybe not close to bedtime, though. Maybe not close to it. Might be some time. nightmare fuel in there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, go go and check that out. But you know, when you when you see that, yeah, I, I got a like you, Captain Ahab. I got a I got an Ahab vibe. I got a Long John Silver vibe, and a little bit of a crazy Ben Gunn vibe. You know, from Treasure Island. Yeah, he was a little bit of all of that wrapped up in one. Yeah, I, I had I had Quint as well, and I mean, he's just kind of this funny outlandish character that you're just enjoying, but you're not really connected to until. That story, not just that scene, but that individual story. Right. Yeah, it's like, oh, this there's a lot more to this guy. I mean, he's not just the funny, you know, wacky, you know, shark captain guy. There's something real here, and his way of life. I mean, he's probably a loner. He's probably doing what he's doing. You know, at some level, it's you know because he, he can't, he doesn't want to be part of society anymore. But also, like, there's a little bit of some revenge in there. Yeah. He's gonna kill him some sharks. Yep. They took his pals down. Yeah, yeah yep. I mean, he's got a definite, uh, you know, revenge issue yeah. and some, you know, he's kind of PSD to the max. You know? Yeah. Yeah, PTSD to the max there. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, Robert Shaw's performances, that was so great. I mean, it just it just sucked me right in. That's why I picked him for best performance. But much like you guys, Hooper. I love that nerdy science guy who was saying, this wasn't a boat. <laughs> You know, there's nothing of this girl left, you know, and he, and he immediately goes into analyzing, you know, the wounds and, and cataloging and categorizing. And, you know, and, and even when he's talking to some of the guys, you know, getting in the boats is everyone's going to go out shark hunting at one point. And he goes and tells these guys, he's like, guys, there's too many of y'all in the boats. You need to get off. And he's walking away. He's like, you're all going to die. You know, just, just, <laughs> yeah. just that was almost my best quote, but yeah. you know, he's, he's got those in there. You know, I, I love Richard Dreyfuss as Hooper. Um, mm-hmm. he, he was just a great character. I thought uh, he brought a, a great uh, kind of a grounding scientific knowledge. And like you said, Jamie, a man of action still and, and courageous. Yeah. Um, before we move on, I just want to throw some love toward Roy Scheider. I mean, oh, yeah. is this, this oh, is a yeah. three-legged stool, and he's the third leg. We haven't mentioned him a lot. He's really good in this movie. Yeah. Well, and, and he's the quiet, you know, he's the quiet yeah. foundation. You know, he's the rock yeah. uh, that that's holding this together. Yeah. Yeah. He truly is. All right. Um, so I get to go first on base quote. And for an action movie that's before the era of one-liners, there's still a lot of good quotes in this movie. And I'm going to go with probably just my favorite, and I'm not doing the Robert Shaw voice because I can't. Um, but he says, the thing about a shark, it's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When it comes at you, it doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white. And just the way he delivers that line, right. it just gives you chills. Yeah, definitely. Um, my My – Best quote uh, comes from him as well. And I'm not even going to try to recite or go into it, but it's his telling of the Indianapolis story to these guys. You know, from from the time he starts, you know, they're they're in there, they're drunk as skunks. They're going on with their scars and things. He's like, oh, I got one for you. And then when he says, I got this from the Indianapolis, and then Hooper immediately sets up with reverence, you were the Indianapolis. 
Yes, yeah, and he proceeds to tell the story. Right. And you know th- that that series of dialogue. I mean, had I knew the story, but that series of dialogue from him had me glued to the screen. But I'm going to cheat because I'm not. <laughs> You've already talked about another best quote you I'm, snuck in. I'm, 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 I'm going to cheat again because I'm not giving a, a, a best quote here. But but another line that Quint says was, "It's great to go swimming with bow-legged women." <laughs> 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 I was wondering who would throw that line out first. <laughs> I knew who was going to throw that line out. <laughs> and you know what's even cooler is uh, John Reese Davies, as Gimli uh, threw that quote out again uh, during the two towers in little his drinking scene with the uh, dwarves that go swing with little hairy women. <laughs> I had connected those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. oh mercy! All right, guys. Well, for 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 mine, I had to go a little <laughs> funny. I had to go back to Hooper as he was describing this shark or or great whites in general to Mayor Vaughn. All this machine does is swim and eat and make little sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Love that line. Succinctly put. He's probably making big sharks. (laughs) (laughs) It's all relative. (laughs) Well, let's move on to our episode-specific awards, gentlemen. Best shark action. I have the privilege, nay, the honor, going first. The best shark action in here. Sam, you've already took it. When Jaws is taking apart that cage, yep. <laughs> I was I was peeing my pants with Hooper. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was so that was some intense stuff. And how the shark was smart enough, you know, to to trick him to swim around in front and come up from behind, then the bottom, then the sides, and he just starts to, and then it wraps itself up in the the cabling mm-hmm. and breaks the pulley down. I mean, this is a smart man eating machine. Yeah. yeah, that was a. <laughs> that, that was a wetsuit on the inside and the outside. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably the right answer, but because of how connected I got to Quint, um, the scene where, where shark or where, where the shark takes Quint out. Yeah. Um, right. it was, it was just, it's not the most exciting of the, of the bunch, but it's the one that got me the most. Yeah. It's impactful. Yeah. yeah. All right. I've got a I got a special name for my best shark action scene. Okay. Now, some of you may not know the shark was nicknamed Bruce. Uh I think Dwayne, we were talking off air at one point and you yeah. said it was named after Spielberg's lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. So I refer to this scene as Bruce plays Peekaboo. And I love the scene, Shatter's chumming. <laughs> And he's like talking, and the end pops up just a little bit, like peekaboo. <laughs> and of course, that leads to probably one of the the best known quotes from the movie, uh, and leads us to that you're going to need a bigger boat because it's really the first time we see the shark fully compared to a person, compared to to the boat, the orca, which cracks me up that that's the name of the boat. But, you know, just that, just pop it up to say hello. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's hilarious, you know, too, because after that, Schneider's having the situation where 
they're they're going to shoot with the harpoon. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and Hooper's saying, "Go out to the end. Go out to the end of the gangway. Go out to the end of the walkway. Go out to the walkway." He's like, "What? I'm not going out there." He's like, "I need something for reference." He's like, "Forget you, man." <laughs> <laughs> Our last one is the best people are the real monsters moment. All right. This is maybe a little bit drawn out, but the, the scene I think has the most emotional impact on me that, that leads me to this people are the real monsters is when Mrs. Kinter confronts Brody slaps him full in the face tells him that she found out that he knew that there was a shark. That's tough to watch. That's Mm -hmm. tough to see. It breaks your heart. And you can see Brody is completely beside himself. But the award for this goes to Mayor Vaughn. When Vaughn looks at him and says, I'm sorry, Martin, she's wrong. And I'm just like, you putts. Yeah. One, you said she's wrong. Two, you let him sit there and take the fall for you and the coroner and your council people. Mm. So. I've got a tie, Dwayne, if you want to go next. Okay, I'll do that. Uh, mine goes very closely along with Sammy's, and it's the mayor just not closing down the beach. Just completely covering over, you know, the young ladies. Uh, you know, true cause of death to, you know, continue to have those 4th of July dollars, uh, you know, just, just the mayor's decision not to close down the beach, putting the entire community and beach going populace in danger. Hopefully that helped you. Okay. It did not. Um, Sorry. <laughs> okay. The, I'll say one real quick. Um, the, the moment when the mayor sends his pal out into the water, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could have put on some swim trunks himself. Yeah, and went out in the water. Instead, he's sending you know a sacrificial lamb out there, who's his yep. buddy. Yeah. But the one that really gets me every time is when the the fake Finn has showed up, and they're all storming back in. And there's a guy who steals a little kid's flotation device, shoves her out of the way, shoves her under the water, and go and rushes back to the beach. And that one gets me every time. I'm like, I would like to just grab that man and shake him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and worse, you know, it's like it's just it's an awful thing. But you know. You put people in desperate situations. Sometimes the monster they, within comes, monster out. comes yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, do, they do bad things. Yep. Yep. Well, an actor who's a true shark of great roles, most of the time, is our beloved Keanu Reeves. From The Matrix to John Wick, from Bill and Ted to Speed, he has shown us time and time again that he's a true man-eater. Jamie? How does Jaws, 1975's horrifying beach drama, connect with our beloved Keanu? All right. Jaws is one of those movies that didn't need a sequel, but it got several anyway. Got Jaws 2, Jaws 3, Jaws the Revenge, Deep Blue Sea, The Meg. Those are all Jaws sequels, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um there are quite a few franchises like that. You think about The Crow. The Crow was a, it was a, you know, a big movie that did not need sequels and got many, mm-hmm. even a terrible TV show. Um, the Matrix. There, the sequels are we've we've re, we've revisited those. They're fine. They didn't need to exist. Um, 
something interesting happens with the Jaws sequel, though. Roy Scheider is the rare star that comes back for the train wreck sequels. <laughs> uh, and we know he comes back as Jody and, and Jaws, as, as, for, as Brody and Jaws 2 for the dollars. We all know what that is. Okay, now I need you to bear with me. <laughs> okay, so Keanu starred in Bram Stoker's Dracula as Jonathan Harker, a movie that needed no sequel and didn't get one. Or did it? <laughs> Here's where things get really interesting. <laughs> Roy Scheider plays a cardinal in Dracula 2, The Ascension, and Dracula 3, Legacy. I can't quite find definitive proof that these are sequels to the Keanu Dra- Dracula movies, but those sequels, Dracula 2, The Ascension, and Dracula 3, The Le- Legacy, follow no Dracula 1. <laughs> they start at 2. <laughs> so... In their cheap effort to piggyback off of Bram Stoker's Dracula, I'm calling it, Roy Scheider and these terrible nonsense straight-to-video Dracula movies are this week's Keanu Connection. <laughs> I'm about it. <gasps> Kaboom. <laughs> that was the Keanu Connection. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I hope you have had as much fun listening to our uh, review as uh, we have had reviewing this movie. And I hope if you haven't, you will revisit this movie soon. It being especially the height of summer, 4th of July week weekend. um, You know, we, we hope you're having a great time with friends and family in and around the water, whether it be a pool or the ocean. Just watch out for sharks. So next week sammy this is your pick yes another spielberg movie perhaps yeah so as we continue through our spielberg month i picked one of those movies that really is near and dear to my heart you know i'm a sucker for a coming of age best friends movie and spielberg penned a little movie called the goonies And um, like I said, I'm really, really excited to talk about this with you guys. This has been a classic on my shelf for years. Um, You know, obviously directed by Richard Donner, uh, also Superman director. Um, So I hope listeners, you're going to strap in for some humor and adventure next week as uh, we're looking at the Goonies. All right. And uh, I know we were looking earlier. Is this thing streaming anywhere uh, HBO Max. It's okay. It is on HBO Max. If you are subscribed to that. anywhere else, I'm sure it's a rental for a few bucks. Uh, if you already have it on your shelf, it's really worth the purchase. So check out the Goonies as we come at you next week. So as we prepare the chunk, Jamie, what are we going to do? <laughs> Stole my thunder. <laughs> We're going to spend the week avoiding getting bullied into doing the chunk dance as we keep it nerdy. (laughs) 